Good evening, Vine Church, and welcome to our Wednesday night presentation. Got something a little special for you this week. We're taking a break from our normally scheduled program, and I'm going to show you one of our video blogs slash podcasts on our series in reference to race. Now, really quickly, as we get into this tonight, Galatians chapter 3 says there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave, nor free, male, nor female, that we are all one in Christ. What you'll see tonight is two brothers in Christ discussing some of the issues that surround the subject of race and racism in our time and in our culture. It's not an easy discussion. I told you at the beginning of this uh, series and the beginning of these podcasts that I believe the answer is somewhere in the messy middle and there are going to be moments where you're going to get uncomfortable and it will be messy. I'm going to say it again. There'll be moments even tonight when you'll feel like I or Benji is way out in left field or that our opinions are off the mark or that we're trying to change the narrative or change the subject. Please understand, both him and I, number one, are friends, and we're trying to figure it out. I'm trying to be a good listener. He is too, and we're trying to work through it. And I think this is what the church should be doing, and this is how the church should lead, that we should exemplify and model what it means for people of different backgrounds to come together and talk through some very challenging subjects. If you're not up to date with all the things that are going on in our communities around the country, you may have to look up some of the stuff we're talking about tonight. But I just want you to know our hearts as you get started. And I want you to remember to offer grace as you watch this and as you consume this discussion. We're going to get back to our Bible study. In fact, we'll start a new one on Sunday. So offer us a little grace there too. But as we talk through a complicated subject, I pray that you'll listen, that it'll broaden your worldview and your perspective, and that you'll leave this conversation with a renewed hope for what humanity can be when people talk, talk openly, listen, listen intently. All right, here you go. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Pewology. If you are consuming this in audio through our podcast, then welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you're consuming this through video, what's up through our <laughs> video blog? This is my buddy Benji. I brought him in um, to have a little talk, a little one-on-one. So the first, we started this whole like string of interviews and panel discussions and one-on-ones um, but we started it on Wednesday night, maybe like a week ago, and we've released like five or six now. Oh. And after the Wednesday night, when I did like the address, you were like one of the first people that was like, yo, <laughs> yo, right. we need to talk. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So what were you thinking when you yes. were listening to that? Uh, there were a lot of like trigger words okay. that jumped out at me. <laughs> okay. And then uh, to your point, you gave the beautiful disclaimer in the beginning, right? So right. I had to really take a step back and really reflect on the comments that was made okay. and people's position on right. kind of certain thoughts and yeah. opinions. So then I was like, all right, hold on. There's completely a new world that I'm not even privy to. Okay. So, you know, I wanted to kind of share that dialogue uh, with you today yeah. as well. So to yeah, jump in, to jump in and kind of, what was me, going through your mind when you were listening to all that, what was going through your mind? I was like, first, I'm not going to lie, the first, when you brought it up, I was like, oh, what does Mike get <laughs> He is getting into, he's <laughs> getting into it. He is jumping in, right. and he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. All 400 years is going to come down on him, so he better be careful. It's, it's not going to go pretty. Okay. Okay. And so that was my first thought. But Everybody get, this is like, race is like the third rail of like, like, don't touch it. It's like the thing. True. True. That if, if you venture in too deep, you're going to piss somebody off. You are. Yeah. You are. And, th- and that's, where, that's what I was kind of afraid yeah. of. But I was still, at the same time, I was happy that you even opened the dialogue right. to even have the conversation. Because right. oftentimes when we're put in this position, to your point, we just go back to our corner. If you don't disagree, yeah. that's it. I'm, I'm just go to my side. Yeah. You clearly I write your you side. off. 
If you don't agree with my worldview, I'll write you off. You're I'm done. done with you. You're done. Yeah. Right? And, and it almost like redefines the it, relationship. Like up and up, if we hadn't talked about it, we're cool. Right. The right. second we talk about it, I don't like what you say, it's like, I'm done. <laughs> right. I'm done with you. Right. So that's what I found uh, very interesting. So there was a lot of like little small comments that just jumped in my ear. Okay. And then immediately, like, I'm ready to harp on it. Like, wait, wait, you're missing this and this and this. (laughs) What jumped out to you first? uh, The first one, uh, it was actually uh, your Wednesday meet. uh, It was your Wednesday. It's the one I normally attend, right? Your Bible study uh, when you were first going over race. Yeah. And then uh, it was the portion where uh, you were mentioning – uh, to your black friends. Yes. Uh, and then you had some beautiful slides where he's like, you know, I grew up in a time where I didn't see color. And then you gave all these great quotes. And I'm like, well, time out, time okay. out, time out. There was a few slides previous where you've outlined slavery was from this date to this date, <laughs> yes, yes. segregation this date to this date, and from this date to present, bigotry. Right. So when in this timeline... <laughs> <laughs> when did I fall? Like, that was like a warp. That was a black hole. Right. It was a warp. I got warped out into a different universe. Exactly. Yeah. So, so in my head, I was okay. like, all right, wait, hold on. Where does it fit? Where does it fit? Yeah. But then I had to take a step back. Yeah. And I was like, well, hold on. Mike is a white guy in America. Yeah. So he might not have been thrown. Race, like racism might not have been thrown to him. Like right. it's been thrown to me right. growing up. Yeah. So I had to see and experience all of that. So, all of that. Yeah. Versus Mike. Hey, everything's neutral. Everything's looking good. Everything's wonderful. So where's this coming <laughs> from? Good. Right? Good. Yeah, I, th- I, I, you know, I knew that when we opened up that, when we opened up on that Wednesday night, I knew, I, like, my wife said, what are you doing? Right. You're, you're ridiculous. Why are you doing this? You know what I'm saying? I'm literally, she, wa- she said, I don't think you should be doing this. I had friends. Here at the church, going, don't do it, don't do it. What are you doing? And I just kept saying, I don't care. We got to do this. We got to deal with yeah. this. We got and, and yes, my comments are not going to be perfect. Right. And yes, they're going to be from my perspective. Right. But we got to start somewhere. Right, right, right. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. And so my goal was just to say, hey, this is just my perspective. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that was fair. And I yeah. think it took me some time to actually realize that. Yes. Yeah. From where I sit, it's like, hold on, it's clear as day. <laughs> In my world, so I don't know what world Mike is in. <laughs> living in. Like he must be living like the true yeah. Christian life. Yeah. <laughs> where everything's just picture perfect. And I was like, I need to get on his well, level because my, my point with the with the quotes and stuff was to say, Hey, I just want you to understand from my world, I've been telling my kids, my parents told me. Right. My instructors, my, you know, uh, in divinity school or in high school, we were saying, be colorblind, be colorblind, be colorblind, be colorblind. And then it was like, Black Lives Matter. And we were like, don't be colorblind. (laughs) And and literally, I read one woman's quote that said, be color brave. And I was like, when did it change? When did it change? I didn't get the the memo. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was like, what's happening? Right? So all I was trying to say was like, hey, I think there's a world out there that doesn't understand this. And... yeah. And what I would ask the black friends out yeah. there is that we need to understand and kind of also be sensitive that there is a world that don't understand. Right. Even though in our eyes, it's, it's apparent. It's clear. It's clear. It's clear as day. Yeah. So even the question, because I think I listen to everyone, yeah. and I've just been hooked, right? <laughs> so I, even uh, when Nelson uh, asked the question, I thought he yeah. asked that subject. He put me on the spot. He put you on the spot, yeah. right? And then and from where we sit, the black and brown community is like, all right, this one's clear. But then yeah. your eyes, you're like, all right, there's some details that's not clearly outlined right. within that scenario. Yeah. So give me, give me full scope, yeah. and then I can give you what I think is going to happen. Let's start there. So that whole issue, and I, I, I got to tell you, my, I think my views are still evolving on this. Okay. Like, I think I, I, tr- I do my best. I think every human on the planet tends to, like, see what they want to see. Right. True. And read what they want to read and take in media they want to take in. It's very hard to be pretty like you know, neutral Switzerland on some of these issues. Right, right. But I've really tried. I'm like, OK, I'm going to I'm not going to be afraid to read things. I'm not going to be afraid to take in other viewpoints. I'm going to try to be open and really think about these things. But I, I got to tell you, like I'm, I'm looking at this whole like the like the approach with the police and policing. Mm-hmm. I think there's a there's a there's a, a group within 
the black community, and I've interviewed some in this series, that would say we have a systematic problem across the board, all policing. I agree. And then I – would you agree with that? I would agree. Okay, so – and I have other people who are like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I had – like for instance, I had a black officer in a day mm-hmm. would say, no, that's, that's not true. That is absolutely not true. We have instances and in, in experiences and bad moments and bad police, but we don't have a system problem. We don't have like a – like the actual policing itself is infected as a system you know what I mean? And I had other and other people on here. Like I, I've had multiple people. I said, okay. "Have you had a?" I, I asked this question: "Have you had a bad experience with a cop?" No. No. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, "Well, if it's the system," and so right. from me, right. from my perspective, who has not had a bad experience? Well, I actually have. <laughs> I have had a bad experience with, okay. the, but most of it was my fault, gotcha. right? And so I don't blame that on him. I was me, but for for me looking into it, I'm like, I'm not sure what to believe on that. I. I I tend towards the individual approach. Like, hey, let's talk about individuals. Let's talk about circumstances. Let's talk about what happened. Gotcha. What do you think? I still feel like. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, all that great, Mike. uh, I still feel like. Why do you feel that way? There's there's a systematic issue. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I guess in my mind, when I just think about that issue in particular, I think, granted, the if I'm looking at like Kissimmee Police Department, yeah. they have like, from what I've seen, yeah. right? I haven't really yeah. been yeah. having any In the involvement, know, but, luckily. Yeah. But they have a pretty strong culture. But right. I think uh, how it's generally governed today. So uh, when I, when we kind of uh, look back to George Floyd's yeah. situation, mm-hmm. right? and I think that's kind of an easy one to yeah. pick apart, right? Yeah. So when I look at that and you talk about like the accountability for police right. officers in general, I don't think there is none for police departments. So then okay. when I hear stories from Josh, yeah, like I can feel what he's talking about. When he said it, you connected it. I, I connected it. Yeah. I connect because there's no accountability yeah. from the police department. Right. So I feel like there needs to be some type of control there. Okay. And then uh, when I also think about the cases where, you know, you have the unarmed or even armed black people and they're dying under police uh, right. hands – and then there's no repercussions for the police department, there needs to be something systematic to hold that governing body accountable, accountable. more accountable. Yeah, there accountable. needs to be like a check and a balance in your mind at some level. At some a lot level. of a lot of, of larger city, and I didn't ask the guys this, I should have asked this question today because I don't know what the issue is in Kissimmee, but a lot of larger cities will have a community review board. Not a lot of those are rubber stamps, but it, it at least the idea is there that we're going to have community oversight at some level. What do you think about that? Uh, I would like to vet that <laughs> If one you out. were on it, yeah. it would be okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Put me on the board. I got this. Then I got it. Yeah. yeah then yeah. I can smell like It's oh, hard to believe. Hard to have faith. It, it's hard. It's hard. Especially yeah. uh, because, all, at least for me, all it takes is one bad experience. Right. And then that's going to taint all of the good experiences. Right. That I've had. Have you had a bad experience? I've had. Really? I've had, and I think give me an mine is the interesting one. Okay, give so me, please. I was, I was <laughs> actually expecting you to say, hey, did you see the video? And tell me what you think. Because <laughs> when I saw George Floyd, I literally saw myself okay. on the ground right. along with him. Right. So I'm going to give you uh, my story. I can okay. look back at it and I can laugh at it. because Now. Now. But not in the moment. In the moment, not at all. Okay. So uh, it was one day... Uh, while I was in college, we were just finished playing basketball. It was me and a buddy of mine. Okay. And we're going back to our apartment complex and just just regular kids, right? Yeah. Uh, let's go get something to eat. As we're walking back into the apartment building, I see helicopters hovering. You brought in the chopper on you? Yeah, so over, <laughs> funny, it was hovering over the apartment complex. Okay. And within the apartment complex, they had a lot of trees, a lot of things kind of okay. hovering over. So I asked my friend, I'm like, how are they going to get whoever they're going to get? In here. In here. Like, if I was a criminal, I would just this hide between perfect. the trees, yeah. under the cars. Yeah. He's a getaway. Perfect. So we go into the apartment, and then we look in the refrigerator. Of course, like college kids. No food in the refrigerator. So I'm like, oh, man, all right, do you have a few dollars we can scrape up so we go get something to eat? So I was like, yeah, all right, sure. So we get back in the car, and as we're driving out the apartment complex, a light shines down on the car. Like straight out of, like, one of those alien movies. Like a movies. UFO. 
light shines down on the car. Okay. So now I'm frozen. Like, all right, what is this? What's going on? Right? And all you hear is, Freddie, put your hands up, put your hands up, put your hands up. So me and him, we're just shaking. Hands up. We're shaking. Yeah. I hear license and registration. As I turn, a gun is right there to my temple. And my friend, he's clearly seen like, bitch, no, 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 no. So I'm doing this, and I'm just scared to death now. Wow. So he pulls me out the car, throws what? me on the ground. What city is this? This is Orlando. Orlando, okay. Yeah, so he throws me on the ground. I'm in handcuffs. I'm looking under the ground, and I don't know what they're doing, my friend. All I just see is his feet at this point. Okay. And all I can think of is like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't think basketball was that bad. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't make connection. Like what's it's happening so fast. It's happening so fast. Yeah. Okay. Right. So then, as they're searching our car, they put me in handcuffs, and I'm sitting on the curve. Cars driving by, just looking like, oh, look at these criminals, and and I'm like, we actually live here. And the unfortunate thing for me is that I didn't update my driver's license oh boy. to show that I live there. Okay. I still had the old, uh, yeah, because you're a college address, kid. College yeah. kid address at my parents' yeah, house. What college kids goes to the DMV? <laughs> so they they asked me like a whole bunch of questions that I honestly didn't have no answers to. Right. And then at the end of it, they say, "Oh yeah, well there was a murder committed in this apartment complex, and then there was a red car that was described leaving the scene of the crime." So we suspect there was two black men. Whoa. What just whoa. happened? That escalated what, quickly. What just happened? There's no blood. Yeah. No gun, nothing. So they detained us for like two, three hours before they let us go. There was no apology, no yeah. no nothing's like yeah. all right, you can go. Guys, my bad. Right. None of that. None of that. Yeah. So I was like, there's I don't have no criminal history outside of like tickets yeah. from like traffic stops. Yeah. But I was like, this is so random. So ever since then, when I see the Trey Bonds, the Mike Browns, and yeah. all the countless others, I just constantly see myself in that scenario. Like, right. one split second, it would have been my story along with theirs. Yeah. That could have gone sideways quickly. Quickly. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. Now, granted, there have been some good cops, but from that experience alone, that tainted everything for me. Well, okay, so... I'm just looking in. Sure. Why? Why does it taint it for you? If the if the cops are looking for a, a black suspect, and they every do, black suspect. Listen, I'm just saying. In okay. that apartment complex, they're yeah. looking for a black. That's what you said. They're looking for a black suspect. Right. You're black in the complex. They think somebody's been killed. They can't. They can't stop you. I could see if you stop me and then you search the car. It was too much. You think it was too much? It, it was too it was much. Overtop. It was too much. Okay. It was too much. I didn't think, like, and I guess, again, it goes back to, I guess, the controls that they had in place. Right. Like, why am I driving out casually after a murder? <laughs> there was no getaway. Like, like, <laughs> you just decided to go back for a taco. Right, right. <laughs> there was nothing. I, I guess in my mind, there was nothing that I felt like I've done to initiate that level of action towards me. Okay. So okay. that was, to me, the discrepancy. So since then, now, every time I do get pulled over, now you get a flashback, like, oh, my gosh, yeah. what's this going to be? What's this going to be like? Yeah. Have you been pulled over since? Uh, I have. Pretty nerve-wracking? Every time. Yeah? Every time. I, I did hear this. In some of the interviews, it was interesting. They said, um, one of the people that I interviewed said, I have to give myself the pep talk every time I get pulled over. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. You know what I mean? I can see that. Like, there's fear. It's it's well it's, enough. It's, like, how is this going to go? I can see that. Yeah. Now, in and for everybody that's yelling at the TV or, or the radio right now, <laughs> doesn't really matter how you see it. Right. If the person who's getting pulled over is having to give themselves a pet talk to get through it. Serious business. Something's going on. Right. Right. Okay. Yikes. Right. Yeah, that was, ever since then, now, like, Anxiety is through the roof yeah. if I get pulled over. Yeah. But I still try to maintain my calm because if I start getting anxious and my wife's in the car, then she's on level 10. Did, okay, so are you the calming factor? I'm the calming factor. <laughs> so if I get nervous, then it's... You're getting in trouble right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love you too. <laughs> I love you, baby. 
So you're the calming factor. Does she does she tend to escalate in those kind of situations when she gets I uncomfortable? I think she does better now. When okay. I first met her, she would escalate because yeah. she's, hey, I need to know my rights. Why'd you put me over? And, and okay. I'm like, whoa, this is not the time or place to <laughs> yeah. any we're, of this. Yeah, we're not fighting a civil rights battle right now. <laughs> right. Like, let's just get through this. Let's get, get through this. Yeah. If it's that serious, let's take it to court. Let's handle it that way. But yeah. in this moment, it's not a place to go back and forth with yeah. this police officer. All right, so since we started this, like, okay, let's go slow. Give me your thoughts on the protests and the... I got mixed feelings. Yeah, because it's pretty crazy right now. Yeah, I got mixed feelings about yeah. the protests. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to start with positive. Uh, please, what I, what I, give me something <laughs> positive, please. What I like about the protests is the the... I guess the population of people that's been involved. Like now it's not just black people. Feels diverse. Yeah, it feels diverse. So, you know, you have a widespread of people, even globally, that kind of shares this pain and trying to communicate, you know, Mm -hmm. justice for all people and, you know, equal and opportunity for all. So that's what I really like about it. Um, Some of the things that I can say I don't too much care for is. Although I get it, I get the looting, I get the burning the buildings, but I think that kind of taints the the whole protest and I guess the fight for equal rights okay. in my mind. Um, and I don't know. And then I guess another piece that is I guess in the back of my mind is like, how long is this gonna last? Because mm. some of the actions that I've seen taken so far as a result of the protest okay. has been more like money driven like oh yeah nike is giving such and such dollars jordan mm-hmm. is giving such and such dollars but there hasn't been any systematic changes within yeah. this process this feels like um if, if the, the protests to me feel like the uh the cap on like a teapot like things have boiled up this is the release valve right but it's not we're not making tea yet you know what I'm saying? We're not really doing anything yet. Right. It's just the release of emotion. Exactly. Not that that's bad. Agree. I feel that the nation may need that. I feel like it is necessary yeah. to at least initiate the discussion because I feel like without that, we probably wouldn't even sit here. No, absolutely not. Right. This like we wouldn't have been doing ten podcasts on race. <laughs> right. Probably not. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I do feel like they has its benefits, and I feel like it's um, it the intent of it has. The, I guess the effects of it has really come to fruition, but right. now where do we go from this point forward? Right. And some of the things that I'm seeing is like, uh, we could use the money because I know a lot of the crimes that are being caused in this you know, lower-income neighborhoods yeah. are a result of you know, not having money, not being economically mm. stable. Yeah. But how is that going to fix the systemic issue that we're truly fighting right and that's what i keep questioning because i'm not seeing any of that i'm not really seeing too much policy change yeah i'm still seeing like there's still a divide have you thought of a policy along the way that you would change (sighs) there's a whole bunch in my mind (laughs) really (laughs) give me give me one give me something that you would like you look at this and you go that needs to be changed uh i think you you touched on it um uh I forgot what city, uh, Breonna Taylor. Yeah. I think the whole, no knock warrant. Yeah, the no knock warrant. Like, yeah. who signed? Who signed that bill? <laughs> like, that didn't make sense to me. That yeah, that one didn't make any okay. sense to me. Uh, yeah. in my mind. So I'm glad. I asked the police department that today, Kissimmee, and they were like, "We don't conduct those." Yeah, that point blank. For me, that oh, here's one uh, that that jumped at me that I would like to uh, employ is one that keeps record of the police officer's offenses towards, like, any complaints or offenses. That okay. That so, seems fair to me. Yeah, right. so then, you know, if they try to apply at another state, another city, you can do a nice little background check. Oh, well, it looks like you have a history with, you know, whatever effects yeah. in the public. So, no, you can't be hired here. Right. So, And, and that's, to me, that's, I think there's a lot of people listening to this, all different backgrounds, who heard you just say that and go, yeah, I can get with that. Like, that, that makes sense. That's a policy change that I think most people think makes sense. Because if we were looking at any other issue, that's the exact approach that we said needed to happen with priests. Exactly. Right. We said, no, nah, this secrecy thing's got to stop. There needs to be some public clarity on who's who and who's done what and no hiding anything. Exactly. 
I I don't think that's that crazy. Right? Right. (laughs) Why can't we get that done? We can probably get that done. Me and you, we're lobbyists now. Let's do it. Let's go get it done. Let's do it. All right. So those are are things that I could agree with and make sense. Uh, But what about the whole defunding the police? Uh, that one. I, who made that one up? To be honest uh, right with you. now, that's a big push. A lot from th- what I would call the group within Black Lives Matter that's loudest. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's a dude. We got Minneapolis just voted. To, the city council just voted to ban uh, or disband their police department. You've got others that are looking at a. You have people running for office that are saying abolish the police department. Abolish the yeah, police department? I, I don't know about that. That's a bit extreme. Feel, but that feels like the teapot, right? Right. Like too much is happening. Right. It's like too much emotion. It's like, do away with that's, the whole thing. And that's what's happening is that we're making decisions off emotion versus like practical um, sound decisions. Yeah. If they left that. it to me and you, we'd figure this out. Yeah, that's what we're <laughs> Done tomorrow. <laughs> Done tomorrow. Why can't we just fix this? All right, so let's go to a specific one. This one's sure, tough. Sure. This thing just popped off in Atlanta two days ago. So now we've got Rashad Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen this whole thing? I have. What? Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm suspecting we're coming at this from different angles. but We probably are. I, I watched this video, mm-hmm. and my first thought was, these officers seem pretty respectful with this dude. Very calm, low voices. Yes, sir. No, sir. Help me out, sir. Can I see your paper, sir? You know what I'm saying? Like, it felt very like, hey, you know, we're gentle here. You know, not a lot of like heavy handed stuff. Went bad quickly, right? This guy assaults both the police officers, takes a taser. Starts running off with the taser, points the taser at the gun while he's running off, put the taser at the cop while he's running off. I mean, what do you think about this? Do you think, I mean, they they fired both the cops. The police commissioner steps down. That one's tough for me because, and I agree, I think we're going (laughs) to look at it from different angles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fair enough. I I think people of goodwill can look at these things and not always agree. Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, on that case, for me, I still didn't feel like he deserved to die in that scenario. Right. Now, did he deserve the extent of the law once they caught him? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Resisting arrest, everything, the whole shebang. Right. The one thing that I felt like wasn't considered in that case was the guy was clearly under the influence. Yeah. So he wasn't in his right mind to begin with. Fair enough. That's a good point. There's mitigating circumstances on his part. You, you see what I'm saying? So yeah. considering that... I would have at least kind of taken a step back, like, clearly this guy is not in his right mind. Right. So so at the end of it, you you kill him? Like, that's where I'm like, uh, I, I don't... What, what, like what would you say to this, though, from the police perspective? What would you say? Because I got to think, if you're a police officer, you're thinking to yourself, okay, this guy's assaulted me. He's taken my, my um, stun gun or whatever it is. Right, right. And it, if he shoots me with that thing, if that thing hits me... Right. I'm incapacitated. What's keeping from taking my gun? So here's here's my objective opinion on that. Okay. So while they're on the ground tussling, right, and he would have got shot while they're tussling, then I'm sorry, I, I really can't. It's defend. the running away part. Yeah, I can't defend you. Okay. It's the running away. He's running away from right. the crime, right? And you shoot him in the back. That's right. what I have an issue with. So then at that point, it's like, okay, now you really have no regard for this guy's life. Well, I think from their perspective, they're thinking, he, he could shot us. As soon as he realizes he hits us, he can come back. Not running away. Like, but if, if, he's run- if, if, if I shoot you, I'm running. I shoot you. He, if I hit you, I come back take your gun. If you shoot me... It's less like like I've known people that got shot. They're not coming. <laughs> they're not coming the back. They're not, com- <laughs> they're not coming towards the gun. Yeah. And oftentimes, if somebody points a gun at you, like if you don't make the first reaction and try to yeah. get the gun and move it yeah. away or try to defuse the guy, like once the bullet is, once the fire is shot, you're gone. Like, yeah. There is no coming back at that point. <laughs> okay. I think it's going to be an interesting case. I think it's going to. It's one of those ones where I'm. Well, look. Let me say this. It's one of those ones that it's a momentary decision. It's, it happened very quickly. I th- and I think, I think, I look at this and I go, mm, 
I'm thinking the city of Atlanta might just made those cops uh, very wealthy. I think they're going to be sued for wrongful termination. I think they're probably going to win. You know what I'm saying? And I think the family's going to sue, and they might win. I think Atlanta's going to come out of pocket a lot of money in this whole see, thing. And, and that, I think that's part of the issue that I have is right. that when I look at, and I forgot the gentleman's name in Atlanta. Uh, Brooks. Brooks. Rashad Brooks. When I, when I look at Rashad Brooks, like, there's no regard for his life, though. Like, mm. yes, I understood what he did was wrong. There's no question about that. I don't think there was no pretty, debate. But it wasn't like a Floyd situation. These guys are very, they're pretty, pretty respectful, pretty nice. I mean, that's, that's like, you know. It's fair, fair. Right, but that's a regard for life. They treat you like a, a person. Even though he's high, it passed out in the Wendy's parking lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, know right. you know what I mean? Right. So, so I guess that was the underlying issue with all the cases for me. Like, when I look at the crime, it doesn't fit the death. Okay. So it's the, it's the disproportional response. It's the disproportional okay. response. I, can, I, can, I, I think that's a powerful argument. And I go back and forth on that one. Like, I look at that and I go, yeah, he is running. I'm like, but... Okay, oh, let me ask you this. Let's say he runs. He's high. He's acting crazy. Mm-hmm. He's got the stun gun now. Right. And let's say he hurts or, or kills somebody else. He kills somebody else? Uh, or hurts somebody else. Whatever. He steals a car. He, right. he wrecks the car. Like, what? I mean, because he's on the lam now, you know what I'm saying? Is then, and I th- would, and then I th- we look at the police and go, you guys should have got. Uh-huh. And then for me, I guess that's where my position comes in, where I don't feel like it's any man's position to kill another man. Like, right. if, you, if you rob a car and you're doing all this stuff, then, yeah, throw him in jail, throw away the right. key, you're done. Yeah. Like, and I think for most black people, once we know we're in the courtroom, there's little chance that we're going to come out of there unscathed. Like, like we're going to, you know, we're going to get the book thrown at us. Okay. So for me, once he gets locked up, you're pretty much a dead man anyway. Okay. Which kind of leads to another point I did want to talk about, too. Wait, the systematic pro- problem within incarceration? Huh? Well, that's, that's a whole nother one. Listen, that's another podcast. Yeah, we can't do it all today. That's, that's a whole nother one. It was the black-on-black black, uh, yes. okay. crime. Yeah. Right? So when I look at, first, the, whoever coined that phrase it, did a horrible job. Did a horrible job? Yeah, because I've never met a black person that committed a hate crime towards another black person. Okay. So, well, I think they're just saying the, the disproportional amount of homicide in, in, our, in our nation are from black individuals. I wish individuals. they said it like that. Okay. But, um, I wish they said it like Listen, that. we'd fix it. We but, would fix it in a couple of days, <laughs> right. man, if we were in charge. All but, right, so what were you thinking about the black on black but, stuff? But for me, um, when I think about the, the black on black crimes, it and I might go on a little tangent, yeah. so stop me if, yeah. if you want to, is when I think about uh, just crimes in general, they're usually, and I think I mentioned it earlier, they're usually um, done in, like, the lower income, okay. the real impoverished okay. neighborhoods, right? Okay. And unfortunately in America, majority of the black people are in those areas, so that's okay. where you're going to find crime. Right. Where I have problems with, I guess, some of the data that's being thrown out. So you, you, but yeah. just to be clear, you sure. think there's a direct connection between socioeconomic I and mean, violence? Not necessarily violence, just crime in general. Okay, crime in general. Okay. Yeah, just crime gotcha. in general. Okay. So um, where, where I find the disconnect is, like, when I hear about these numbers that's thrown out, and I hate CNN and Fox News, like, they... <laughs> I, I believe they have some blood in their hands, too. Do you, uh, uh, well, let's get on that in a minute. Go. All right. Go. All right. But, but when I think about um, when, when I think about that, and then when I hear the data sets like, oh, yeah, well, just look at the black communities, then what about all the white communities that are lower income? So no crime is happening there. We're doing pretty good on those areas. Why can't we employ whatever's happening in those cities into those, you know, right. black minority areas that have those crimes in general i'm asking the same question i'm just asking i'm not and i'm not blaming the black community i'm saying okay so here's what i feel like is disingenuous and like this is where i get my i can hear myself in my head saying don't go down this road you're gonna get yourself in trouble because everything gets like misinterpreted but i want you to i want you to think about this from an outside perspective we say um we say well if i come and i say okay 
I'm going to talk about Black Lives Matter, and we say, everybody I've talked to says there's an epidemic. We, we, I've heard some people, I've heard some people on the media use the word genocide, genocide. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. That's, that's and they're so like, true. it's an academic. It's out of hand. There's all these cases. It's crazy. That's and I'm so like, true. okay, as an outsider looking in, I go, okay, what, what is the numbers? Oh, don't ask about the numbers. That's racist. And I'm like, wait, whoa, wait, we can't, if, if there's an epidemic. I can I argue that. Yeah, absolutely. Point is because from our perspective, we feel like the numbers are skewed. No, you don't believe the numbers. Yeah, I feel like it's skewed. Oh, okay. I feel like it's skewed. Well, I, I don't know how to fix that because if you look at the organization that's set aside to keep track of the numbers now, I mean. Who's the organization doing? Well, the only one that's reputable in the United States right, right now that's keeping track of police violence is, is the Washington Post. And it, they have a special task team that almost every website that you look at, they're going to reference their numbers. Mm. It's their numbers that keep track. And the woman that's in charge of it is – African-American, and it's a, a, like a pretty reputable, pretty much everybody agrees okay. that it's a pretty reputable unit. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I, I look at that and I just go, See, I don't know why still, we can't like say that out loud. Like, I still why? question everybody. Like, who? Because like, I don't know. I yeah. probably need to do some digging yeah. on my end. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send you something. But, I, but here's the thing, and I'm not saying that should change the conversation. I think, sure. I think what Josh said the other night was really effective. I think it was an effective argument, which is, hey, Mike, I think you might be right on police-involved um, black deaths uh, on the numbers, but that's not the only number we're talking about, right? We're talking about civil rights violations. We're talking about incarceration. Right, right. We're talking about, like, just being jerked around. We're talking about, you know what I'm saying, unjust. So I, and I was like, you know what? That's an effective argument. I was like, you're right. Uh, but I don't know why bringing, why looking at the facts is always attacked. Like, it's shouted down. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, no. We don't. I, had, I had one guy tell me on the, on the group podcast, I don't care about facts. I care about my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, wait a minute. Hold on. Now, I'm, can I kind of help uh, his argument? Okay, hit me, bit. hit me. Is the reason is because from our respect, we don't have nobody's keeping score sheets <laughs> on racism. So okay. for us, it's truly an experience. Okay, fair enough. So it's hard to sit there and be like, hold on. You're throwing out all these facts. But if you walked in our shoes, you clearly see what we've experienced right. day in and day out. Right. So I think that's where the disparity. So when you throw facts at us, we're like, Mike, we, we hear those facts, but who's narrating that story? Right. So from where we sit, like, there's a entirely different story that's happening on the background, and nobody's keeping track of right. all those numbers. So then we can do so it. So in that effect, experience does trump the facts. I get it. I get it. That makes sense. That's a fair argument. Let me ask you this. You got um, – let me throw this number at you. This is a right. shocking number to me because you, you brought this up. You opened the door. Let's, Let's remember do that. Let's he opened the door. Let's okay? Do Let's do it. This is a crazy number. I saw this today, um, and I was like jaw open. I was really like, whoa, that's nuts. Um, Tuskegee Institute keep, has kept track of every single lynching that had taken place from the Civil War all the way through um, – Civil Rights Act. Mm. Okay, if you had to guess, and I'm not putting you a spot to make you look dumb, because right, right, right. I did not know this number. Right. I, I was and not I'm, even in the ballpark. I know I don't know it, but I'm pretty sure it's high up there. I, I thought it would be high too. No, three thousand, three thousand. It's over three thousand. It's like three thousand plus between. It's about a hundred year period, you know. And I was like, I thought it would be a lot more, right? But that's a lot. I'm not d denouncing right. three thousand. <laughs> I mean, three thousand lies. A lot of lies. <laughs> I just, okay. in my mind, I was okay. thinking 300,000. Gotcha, 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 literally, gotcha. in my mind, if you would have said 300,000, I'd been like, yep, okay. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't know where to start in gotcha. the number game. And, but that, that number's crazy to me for this reason. We talk about really addressing the, the, the thing that underpins all of this violence that affects the black community and all our communities. Mm -hmm. There are over 3,000... Black homicides, black on black homicides every six months. Every six months in this, in this country. That's shocking to me. Like, to me, I look at that and I go, right. whoa, that's shocking. Now, when I put that out there, sometimes it's like, you're changing the conversation and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I get it, but to, I'm just learning this stuff. Right, like, right, right, I, right. this has brought up all of these new things that I didn't even think about before. Gotcha. And I'm looking at the numbers and I'm like, gosh, this is crazy, you know? What do we do? 
I always lean back to just the poverty stricken area. You think it's so really connected to that? It's, so it's yeah. really connected. Because yeah. it's almost like a crab in a barrel type of thing. Okay. So, you know, if this one guy has it, I got to find a way to get it because otherwise I'm not eating or, you know, I got to figure out a way to survive. Yeah. So I feel like there is a connection Between somewhere. desperate, desperate times, desperate people, desperate situations. Yep. Wow. And, and, and even if that, whether or not that is the answer or not, or whether or not that's true, and then there's that's got to change. It does. That's got to change. It does. we got to do something. And, and in that, I agree that there's some systemic problem going on in our country, if that's the case. And, and if I'm just now learning this, and nobody cares about this, and nobody's addressing this. Mike, that's the it. So look, and then this is, sorry, this is where I go back to um, – kind of our judicial system right so because there's and again i'm learning like the other end i'm learning your world's view right right so then when we have like a jury selection of 12 people that do not share my worldview, <laughs> but then we'll have a cop you know on the stand saying hey look this is what he did his word is bible no matter what i say right it it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah it, it doesn't yeah. matter but there's clearly a just How would we do that? Like, let's fix that problem right now, me and you. How do we get jury selection worked out where it's, like, more fair? More fair? Oh, man. Um, I think we do it based upon uh, iTunes listening log. <laughs> <laughs> we just go, I'm going to need your playlist before you get on this jury. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. You're not sure? listen to Justin Bieber. Yeah, you're no. out. All right, yeah, you're out. Or at least I can only take two of you. I only take two Bieber <laughs> listeners. I got to get somebody else over here. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know how to fix that. Yes, yeah, I don't know how to fix it. But whatever's, whatever we're doing today, I don't think it's, it's working. Yeah. Um, Will, in one of the, I think in one of the panel interviews, that he brings up um, the incarceration numbers in um, New Orleans and in Louisiana, and they're shocking. I went back and looked at it. I'm like, wow, these are shocking. And then uh, one thing I would also uh, like everybody to look at is the education level yeah. for a lot of people that's incarcerated. Yeah. And you'll find a majority of them don't even have a high school diploma. Yeah. So you the don't other, have a high school diploma. I'll tell you the other number I brought up, sure. and I've, I've gotten some pushback on too, people getting upset. I'm, I'm really not trying to change it. I'm really saying let's look at all this. Um, the number of people incarcerated that grew up with single-parent home. It's shocking. True. I mean, it's shocking. True. The absence of a father. It's big. It's big. It's big. I mean, you're raising a family. Right. You got kids. Right. You know, you're pouring into these guys. Um, you get it as a father, right? Mm -hmm. Did you grow up with a dad? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you get the trickle-down effect of this. But I don't think we understand the combination of poverty plus no dad present and the violence in the community and like all of a sudden it's we've a got mixing pot yeah. for disaster i think that's what it's it, it feels disingenuous to me it, it i know i'm gonna get myself in trouble again but it feels disingenuous to me to focus on any of these one things like when you start looking at this as if you're if we're really going to look at a systematic problem that there's that there's evil and brokenness that's created this system, we gotta have to look at all these factors i agree and we gotta have to go well what can we do here you know what I'm saying? Like, what do we do? How, how do we? I, I think the, the next thing we're going to do, so just so you know, mm -hmm. we, we spend this week kind of talking about the, the steam being let out. And then we're going to kind of shift the conversation next week and spend some time asking, and I think it's going to be hard, what do we do? What do we, where where yeah, do we go from here? Question, yeah, because yeah, it's easy for people to get together and have a podcast and vent. Of course. But it's not easy to have a show that's an hour long that comes up with, like, plans. Right. Everybody, everybody's really good at venting and very good at coming up with True. answers. You True. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So have you thought any about this? Have you thought, like, okay, what do we do? How do we – even, like, at our church, what do we do to promote, um, like, as Daryl would have said, each other's humanity? As he said Sunday morning, hey, we got to promote humanity. We got to promote each other. We got to we got to listen to each other. We got to love each other. We got to know each other. How do we do this? That one's tough. Um, right now, I don't have yeah. I don't, I don't have, have the answers answer. either. I'm not putting you on the spot because I got nothing. Right. I got. I, I I'm 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 waiting for somebody to say something that go that I go. Oh yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. But right now, I'm besides yeah. talking and listening to you and hearing your experience. 
and not prejudging it is the only thing that I know to do. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm with you. I'm with you. I like this is great that you know we're breaking barriers by yeah. trying to understand each other. Yeah. But to your point, like, what, 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 where are we going for here? Like, yeah. okay, I heard them, but now I'm going home and play with my kids and everybody's happy. Like, yeah. Like, no, I would like to, I don't know, for me, I'm trying to entertain different thoughts and um, ideas to try to figure out how to solution it, but I can't think of nothing. Yeah, that jumps out. Like, if we do this, it's the silver bullet. Yeah. Well, I noticed, too, that, uh, you know, we've put out, I don't know, four or five. We've got four or five more that we'll probably put out in this series. And I've noticed, too, that it feels like everybody's a little, like, there's some people commenting, but I think everybody's like, am I allowed to comment? What should I say? I don't want to say the wrong thing. These are my church can family. Help, can I yeah. help them what do you got? as well? So, um, and I have to give the props to my wife, so hopefully make up from the earlier comment. <laughs> right? So, for us, what makes this uh, topic touchy is that, again, every black person that we see die. Right. We we can connect connect with it directly, yeah. right? So when you're commenting on it, comment as though somebody has died in the family, in the family, yeah, and take that approach, yeah. So when we hear, oh, what about black on black crime? Yeah. So you clearly negated that I've just suffered a death, and you're worried about something <laughs> the, else that's the national on. stats, right? <laughs> you're worried about everything yeah, else. Yeah. So if if they kind of took that approach and be like, hey man, I'm here to support you, I'm here to help you. What can I do to help? Or is right. everything okay? Right. Then that would be received well. It's when um, I'm I'm not sure if I agree with that stance. And yeah. Whoa, I'm still grieving over this death. And Fair we're enough. talking about yeah. all this other stuff in my mind that really doesn't matter. Somebody died right now. Yeah. So I don't. I think I think part of that is like guys too. We've had a lot of guys. I I, I got some women coming up that are going to participate, but I've got a lot of guys. And guys, I tend I tend to think they blow off steam, and then they get to they try to fix it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. And so we get into the, we're like oh we're getting into like yeah we were the last panel we had was just talking about stats and numbers and this and mm. that and cocaine trafficking <laughs> in the 80s we were like all over the place man I'm like what are we talking about you know what I'm saying like what is happening um but we did I mean we did some of the historic you know mm -hmm. systemic evils and redlining and stuff but I'm like I'm not sure I get we're blowing off steam so I'm, I've let everybody just talk I'm like just jump in you know right but I think when we start turning the corner and we're going to have to think outside the box, we're going to have to think different than we've thought. True. If we're going to come up with long lasting um, relational change, like if we think, hey, there's a relational issue here that we've got to address, we're going to have to come up with some things we haven't thought about. I agree. Yeah. I, agree. I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know the answer to it quite yet, but. <laughs> Do you think, I mean, to me, Okay, so let's just end on this idea. So we're, sure. we're at the same church. Mm -hmm. um, what is it? I, I think the church is positioned to lead on this, meaning that if church communities could become diverse places, okay. right, that we shed an ex example of how to do this, like we laid down an example to... The rest of the world. If okay, so let me say it this way: if what? if on Sunday morning we modeled mm -hmm. diversity and unity and love and and honor and human all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. wouldn't it be easy to go back out into our world, into our community, and or no? Uh, and <laughs> Why? I, you look so oh, suspicious that, of that. No, that one. Because I agree with it conceptually. Okay, conceptually, I do agree. It's with just it. pie in the sky stuff. Yeah, but what makes it tough is that if I'm thinking about uh, like somebody black that you know is, is kind of struggling he okay. goes back into his environment then oftentimes yeah. they're usually a product of that environment okay so they fall back into the trap of oh let me do what i got to do to survive mm. and that mentality yeah so that's i guess that's where i kind of struggle with it mm -hmm. whereas they could be the to your point they could be like the pillar in that example so if there's a way that we can have the church end up in the neighborhood to show hey Look, you know, not all cops are bad or not all white people hate black people mm -hmm. and kind of sh spread the love that way. I don't know where to, where that would go, but that in, in my mind, that may be a, like I would like to kind of throw the ideas off a few people. But yeah. in my mind, that probably be a suggestion that I would like to entertain to see, you know, what would be 
the the response to that but in my mind initially I, I don't know i do feel like church should be the foundation of the solution how I, I don't know yeah to me i look at like so i default one of the numbers that sticks out to me is that that fatherhood number and so i go okay so if there's 67 percent of we have 67 percent of young like let's say 10 and under or five and under or whatever it is black students in Osceola County that are growing up fatherless, well, we could strategize. We could come up with a better mentoring-based be programs. Yeah. We could come up with better, like, big brother-based programs. Maybe those things are going on. I just don't know about them. I mean, these right. are the first time I'm, I'm seeing all these right, numbers. Right, right. And I'm like, boom, boom, blown away, blown away, blown away. So could we do – is that the way to do it? That would be – I think that would be actionable. Yeah. Like, if, if I can't even say, hey – we're going to start working with like a community here or a, a apartment complex here. And we're going to target everybody here that needs just a, a, a male mentor. You would do it. I'll do it. You're in. I'll I'm into it. We can fix this. Yes. We'll be the trial run. There you go. We're going to be the, the <laughs> prototypes for this. I, I, I don't go. see why we couldn't do that. No, I would like that. Yeah. I mean, me too. I look at like even what's going on in our community. We've got like, even right here, we, one of the, one of the mission outlets we work with is home, which is helping others make the efforts for mm -hmm. single moms. That means every kid there is growing up to some extent in a single. Mm. I'm like, we could just take those kids. Like, even if we just take those kids and said, okay, we're going to make ourselves available. We're going to do basketball once a week, nice. or we're going to like, whatever we're going to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Nice. We're going to go over, we're going to take an hour out of every week. We're going to go over and play basketball. We're going to have a little Bible study. We're going to do a little thing. We're going to, whatever. We're going to pour some life into these kids. Why We can do that. Yeah, that'll be yeah, and I think that's actionable. Yeah, and that may have the impact that a community like that would need. Yeah, because like, I look at it, I think when the problem is so big, it's like you, you get a little paralysis by analysis. It's true. like it's so big that you're like, how do we fix this? Very I don't true. Know. Very I don't true. Know. I think you just got to start something little and go. I'll just take a bite. It's like it, you, how do you eat the elephant one bite at a time? Boom, boom, boom. I agree. Yeah, we can fix this, man. Okay, let's do it. I love this. this. Okay. All right. Well, listen, man. I appreciate you. First of all, I appreciate your friendship. Yes. I appreciate right. you reaching out and saying, hey, <laughs> let me give you my perspective. <laughs> I appreciate you coming in and sharing. Um, and let's, let's give it a week to think about it and come back. Absolutely. And talk about, like, how do we refine our outflow of this? Let's do it. You down? Let's do it. All right, man. Love you. Thanks, guys. Love you. Mean it.